morning, FEC Elgin. Um, in case you haven't noticed, I'm not Jason. Uh, I'm Franklin Carr. I'm the youth minister here, and uh, I will actually be uh, delivering the message this morning. I hope everyone's doing well. I hope that um, you've had an incredible week. You've been staying safe. You've been staying healthy. Uh, real quick, I'd like to pray us in, and then uh, we will get started. So, dear Lord, Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you. Thank you, God, that you are with us in the storms. Thank you that you are with us even in crazy times like 2020. Lord, I just ask that you would speak today. You would remind us that you are consistently with us. You are a God who brings peace. And God, I pray that that peace would allow us to say yes to you when you want to use us for your purposes and your glory. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time. It's in your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, good morning. Uh, so we're actually taking a pause from our series in the Psalms. So Jason has been talking about the Psalms of Ascent. Um, and so we're taking a pause from that right now. And this morning, we're actually going to be going over um, a little sermon that, that I gave this week, uh, I had a speaking engagement in Oklahoma this week, um, and it, it was a series on the book of Judges called The Cycle, talking about the cycle of sin um, and how God can use us uh, despite our circumstances um, and our past. And so uh, I, I'm, this particular story, this particular uh, message today is about the hero Gideon um, in Judges 6. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Judges 6 with me. And, uh, and we will begin. And as you turn, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever, have you ever seen that show, Wipeout, or, or even The Floor is Lava? And, and this is a silly question, and this is something I asked some teenagers this week, but uh, it seems like a silly question, but the reality is that these shows are about obstacles, right? And you see these people, whether they're, they're, they've been doing CrossFit all their lives, or they're just totally doing this for fun, right? Because they had nothing better to do. Um, they, are over, they are going through these crazy obstacle courses, right? And usually they have a theme. Uh, I watched an episode a few weeks ago. It was like this giant pizza shop. Anyway, but and this guy's like swinging from a giant block of cheese, right? To get to the end of the obstacle course where, where there's like a pizza oven, right? And, and it's a silly, very silly example, but the reality is, is that life Life is often full of obstacles that the enemy tries to put in our way. Life is full of obstacles. Life is full of these things that the enemy wants to use to take your eyes off of the Lord. And so we're going to be looking at that this week. So Judges 6, starting in verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon was beating wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And I just want to pause right there real quick. You see, our, our, our hero, Gideon, is, is actually hiding. He is threshing wheat in a winepress. What you need to know is that at this time, Israelite is under the captivity and oppression of the Midianites. And the Midianites do not worship the Lord. No, they, they worship idols. They worship Baal. They worship Asherah. And they are a cruel people. They're an oppressive people. And Gideon 
has been dealing with this for quite some time in, in, his, in, his, in, his, in his young years, right? And he's working on the farm, on his father's land. He's threshing wheat in a wine press. He is hiding. He's hiding from the enemy. He's scared, right? You don't thresh wheat in a wine press. That doesn't make sense. And then we see the angel show up to the scene, and he says, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Which is absolutely hilarious, because he's calling Gideon the exact opposite of what we see him doing, right? He calls him this mighty man of valor, this, this, this warrior of, of, of boldness and bravery and courage. And Gideon is hiding, and he's, he's, he's definitely got the wrong guy. But, but the thing is, God often sees potential in us far beyond. Far beyond the time when we actually see it in ourselves. And, and so we're going to continue to read Verse 13, we're going to look at Gideon's response when this angel calls him this brave, brave man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if, if the Lord is with us, then why has all of this happened to us? If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are, are all of his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And you see, in, in this moment, right, where a lot of times people, people will stand in awe, they'll stand in fear of this angel. You know, Gideon is pretty straightforward. He's like, he's like hey, hey, you know, if, if the Lord is with us, if the Lord is with me, then why is all this junk happening? Why, why, why do I feel oppressed? Why do I feel beaten down? Why are we surrounded by our enemies? Because it doesn't feel like the Lord is with us. You see, Gideon is, is honest with God about his hardships, about his struggles, about the things that are hurting him, the things that are bugging him, the way that he is feeling crushed and surrounded. And, and ladies and gentlemen, we are called to do the same thing. We're called to do the same thing. We're called to be honest with God. And that actually brings me to my first point, which is honesty with God about where you are invites him in to fix the problem. Honesty with God about where you are in life, invites him in to fix the problem. I was listening to a sermon a few weeks ago uh, from a pastor in D.C. named Ben Stewart. Um, he used to lead a Bible study on the campus of Texas A&M, and now he's a pastor in D.C., and, and he, he said this. He said, when you process things with God, you invite him into the process. When you process things with God, when you talk to God about the things going on in your life, and you're honest with Him, right? You're real with Him, and you're saying, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to handle this, right? I can't take it anymore. When you process things with God, you are inviting Him into the process. See, God gives Gideon a reassuring sign of His presence uh, we're we're going to see this, and I, I'm going to skip some verses, but I'm going to summarize to you all what happens. So pretty much, Gideon wants a sign. Gideon wants a sign. And, and so what, what happens is, is he gets up all this food, and it's really obscure, because this is just, this is just Old Testament culture, and uh, just very different. But, but he gets all this food, pretty much, this meat, these unleavened cakes, right? He puts it on the rock, and the angel of the Lord touches it, and it just bursts into flames, right? It bursts into flames, and Gideon's like, whoa. Whoa, like, you know, you don't see that every day. And so he, he knows that the Lord is doing it because this crazy thing has happened. And I want you to look at verse 24. 
after he sees his sign, after, after the Lord assures him that, that it is him who is with him, Gideon builds an altar there to the Lord and calls it Yahweh Shalom, or the Lord is peace. You see, Gideon, Gideon sees that the Lord is with him, right? In this, in this obscure, this small thing, but, but the Lord shows him that he's with him and he's brought peace, right? And that brings me to my second point. It's because before, Gideon didn't have the peace of God with him. And so when the peace of God is absent in our lives, we can see the chaos in the world, right? And that, that's going to get to us, right? Gideon's been hiding in the wine press. He's been threshing wheat in the wine press. And the peace of God has been absent in his life until this moment. And the reality is, is that, that humans, right? Humans, we don't, we don't handle chaos well. We don't handle scary situations well. We don't handle unexpected attacks from the enemy. We don't handle uh, unexpected circumstances. When life just happens all of a sudden, we are not ready for it. And a lot of times, especially when, when, when it's something major, something big, something that we feel like limits us, we lose hope. We lose hope and we lose joy. And, and some of the ways that the enemy does this, some of the ways, it's not the Midianites surrounding us, right? But we're not dealing with, with that sort of an issue, but we are dealing with a global pandemic. We're dealing with how in the world do we navigate life in the midst of a global pandemic? How in the world do we navigate life when, when we literally don't know what to do? When we can't have that same just, just mass community that we're used to? When life doesn't seem normal? And maybe some of you, some of you maybe you're, you're dealing with, a, with loved ones getting sick. Or even worse, passing away. And how do you manage that? How do you get through that? When the storms of life come, how in the world do we keep that hope? How do we keep that joy? Well, the answer is in we have to keep our eyes on God. We have to keep our eyes on God. Because when our eyes are off God, and we're only looking around, and only seeing the mess around us, right? You can't see the things the Lord is doing, and all we see is the despair. All we see is the chaos. And the thing is, Satan's goal is to isolate you the best he can. And he wants to isolate you, yes, and he also wants to put whatever obstacles in your way he can to distract you from the gaze of God. He just wants you to look around. He doesn't want you to look up. All he wants to do is distract you from the Lord. Why? Because when our eyes are on the Lord, we remember that he's bigger than our problems. When our eyes are on God, we can remember that, that he is far bigger than our problems, and he can actually pull us up out of the mess. And so that's why this encounter with God that Gideon has is so crucial, because beforehand, before he is brought peace by the Lord's presence, he just sees the mess. He just feels the oppression. He feels the despair and the loss of hope. And I want us to understand that our God is the God who calms the storms of life. In fact, that is my third point, which is our God is the God who calms the storms of life. Luke 8, 22, 25. I'm going to put it up here on the screen. Uh, Jesus is with the disciples. And, and they go into the boat. They're going across the lake, right? Uh, he's been teaching all day. And, and so one day, he got into the boat with the disciples. And he said to them, he said to them, let's go across 
wooden boat. I'm going to turn there, actually. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to turn there. Uh, let's go across, right? Let's go across the other side of the lake. So they set out, and they sailed, and he fell asleep. So Jesus is asleep in the boat. He's, he's inside the stern of the boat. He's falling asleep. He's chilling. And then a great windstorm came down on the lake. And when... And this is a big deal because they're actually filled, the boat is starting to fill with water. And please keep in mind that the disciples are fishermen. The disciples are fishermen. They're sailors. They're kind of used to this stuff happening, right? But this is such a violent storm that they actually feel the pressure. They feel like they are in danger. And they went and they woke him up saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. And he awoke and he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, Mark actually tells us, he says, peace, be still. He commands the waves. He commands the waves and the storm to stop. And suddenly it just, it ceased. And there was a calm. Other gospels will say, how great was that calm? And he asked them, Where, where's your faith? And the disciples are afraid. They, they marvel and they're saying to one another, who then is this? He even commands the winds and the water. They obey him. God's the God who comes to storms. And a lot of times all we can focus on is the storms. We kind of forget that God is with us. His presence is still there. Even if you can't, you can't feel it, feelings deceive you, he is still there. Just like Jesus was sleeping on the boat, God is still with us, whether, whether we're aware of it or not, whether we're conscious of it or not. We need to find that peace. We need to remember that he's the God who brings peace. And once Gideon has found that peace, right, he starts to trust the Lord again. And not only does he start to trust the Lord again, but he actually becomes a hero and delivers Israel. You see, eventually, as, as the chapter goes on, we're not going to read all of it, but as the chapter goes on, Gideon starts to tear down idols in his neighborhood. Idols to Baal. Which is a big deal, because with the Midianites taking over the land, that whole culture has been affected by the worship of Baal. And so he starts tearing down the idols to Baal. And then he also eventually leads 300 men, a very small army, to take out the Midianite camp in the area. And he used it, and he's trusting the Lord. It's this crazy story where pretty much Gideon splits a 300-man army into three chunks. And there's 100 men in each chunk. And they're going with jars and torches and trumpets, and they're surrounding the camp. And it's the funniest thing in the world because they just start blowing the trumpets and smashing the jars, and the Midianites wake up in the middle of the night because that's when this is taking place. And they just start, they start thinking that other people, because they can't see, they start thinking that their own men are the enemy invading them. And it's hilarious because they start taking out each other, and then eventually that gives the Israelites the ability to take over the rest of the camp. Just having the comfort that the Lord is with him gives Gideon enough boldness to face his oppressors. Romans 8, Paul is writing to the church of Rome, and, and he reminds us, right, you know, God is fighting for us, and nothing can separate us from the love of God. I'll have it up here on the screen as well. But Romans 8, verses 35 and 37 and 39 he says, who then 
shall separate us from the love of God in Christ. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Verse 37, no, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither life nor death nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the presence of God. He is constantly there. Whether we feel it or not, He is always there. And in Psalm 23 tells us that He's with us in the dark valleys of life. He is not watching us walking through the dark valleys of life. He's actually in the dark valleys of life with us. He's with us in the darkness. He's with us in the impression. And we have to remember that. God is with us. And, and while that doesn't mean that the dark valleys won't happen, it certainly means that we're not alone. I, and, and I don't know about you, but I certainly feel a lot like those dark valleys are a lot easier to face knowing that I'm not alone. And that's been a hard thing to remember in this season. But that brings me to my fourth point. When dark valleys happen, we are not alone. The attacks that you face have no say in who you are in the eyes of God. The attacks that you face, those things may seem like they limit you. Those things may seem big and scary. But the reality is you have the God of the universe on your side. You have the God of peace on your side in the midst of the chaos. And that doesn't mean the chaos won't happen, but that certainly means that you have a comforter. You have a shepherd. And the thing is, Gideon, you know, he starts off as this, this scared farm kid, right? He starts off as this scared young man who is, who is chilling in the wine press, threshing wheat, which you don't do because he's scared and he's hiding from his oppressors. But God comes into the process. When he's honest with God, and God reminds him that he's with him, he gives him a sign, an obscure sign, a reminder that he's with him. Right When he invites God into the process, all of those fears, all of those worries, everything comes crashing down. And that makes Gideon bold enough to say yes to God. When we have the peace of God in our lives, when we have that restored hope, that restored joy, it gives us the boldness, it gives us the comfort, it gives us the ability to say yes to God when he wants to use us. And that actually brings me into my application. So I, I uh, added application for uh, FBC Elgin uh, just, to, just to, you know, make it, make it feel like uh, what we normally do. And, and so the first point I want to make to you guys is when it comes to applying this, this obscure text, right, in Judges, the first point I want to make is you need to identify the places where you need God to bring peace into your life. You need to identify the places where you need to bring, where you need God to bring peace to the process in your life. Because maybe right now you're facing a lot of anxiety. Maybe right now you're facing a lot of distress. Maybe you're out of a job and you don't know what the future holds. And you're freaking out. And maybe instead of bottling it up, right, and trying to, trying to act like you've got it all together, 
No one has it all together, especially in a time like this. You need to invite God into the process. You need to analyze what are the things, what are the places, what are the situations in my life going on right now that I need to ask God to bring me peace, to be the Yahweh Shalom in my life. Identify those places where you need God to bring bring peace to the process. Second thing. You need to be honest with God about where you are. Be honest with God about where you are. He can take, he can take your junk. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to ask the question, God, where are you? Because at least you're being honest with Him. And something I told teenagers this week was that, you know, God doesn't want your, your fancy happy prayers. Because if your heart is hurting and you're not being honest with God about where you are in life, if you're not going to God in, in, in just from a genuine heart and you're acting like everything's okay, man, like, in your relationship with the Lord, is there any honesty? You need to be honest with God about where you are. Why? Because that honesty invites intimacy to become a result. Honesty brings intimacy. If you want intimacy with God, if you want closeness with God, you need to start being honest with Him. Say, God, this is hard. God, I don't know what to do. God, I, I, I don't know what to do for the fall. I don't, I don't know what to do for, for, for the rest of this year. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to handle this situation. Life doesn't look normal. Life looks weird. I feel alone. I feel confused. Uh, th- you know, my family is sick. What do I do? You know, be honest with God. Invite him into the process. And if you want that peace, you've got to start with honesty with God. And the third thing, third application point, we need to trust God to be with us in the storms. Trust God to be with us in the storms. And he may not make a bunch of food burst into flames like he did for Gideon, but he's there. He's there, and maybe, maybe he is showing up in the whispers, and maybe you're just not listening to the whisper. Maybe you're looking for fires. Maybe you're looking for earthquakes. You know the story of Elijah up on the mountaintop, right? There's a fire. There's an earthquake. There's a flood. There's a storm, everything like that. God was not in that, but he came in the still, small whisper. And I want to ask you, are you listening for the whisper? Are you listening for the whisper? Because if you're not, of course you're going to struggle to trust that God is with you in the storm. Of course it's going to be difficult. But if you are, and you see the little ways that he's there, you see the little ways that he's moving in the midst of the chaos, that's going to bring you to peace and let you know that his presence is with you, just like he was with Gideon. His presence is with you. And so... Right now, I just want to ask you as I close out, are you saying yes to letting him use you? Are you saying yes to him using you in this season? Are you trusting him enough? And while this was such a, such a random passage uh, of Scripture, Gideon sets a great example, right? And I think, I think he relates to a lot of us in the sense that we're scared, we're confused. We don't know what to do. We're feeling beaten down from the enemy on all sides. 
But God is a God who, uh, who, who calms the storms. And we need to trust that he'll be with us in those storms. So I'm going to pray this out, and then uh, I've got some announcements. So, Dear Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for uh, the FBC family and our visitors. God, I, I ask that whatever, whatever storms they're facing, whatever oppression from the enemy that they're facing this week, this year, God, I just ask that you would, you would give us the boldness to invite you in so that you can bring that peace, that comfort that only you provide. And God, like Gideon, would you give us the boldness to say yes to you as a result of that peace? And God, would you give us the, the ability to trust you when we walk through the dark valleys? And remember that you're not distant from us in the dark valleys, God, but you are with us in the dark valleys. You're right there. You're our shepherd. You're standing right there with us. You're walking with us, holding our hand. God, I pray that we would remember that. In, in a year like 2020 where things have been weird, God, I pray that we remember that you're with us. God, would you calm our storms? Would you speak peace? Would you tell the waves to cease, God? Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your word. It's in your name I pray. Amen.